What's up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods, and we are here with a national championship recap episode, man. We are recapping everything that went down in Miami last night. We had the Alabama Crimson Tide dominating the Ohio State Buckeyes 52-24. We're going to give you a full game breakdown, talk about Ryan Day's legacy, Nick Saban, and the recruiting dynasty he has. We're talking LSU-Bama. We're talking Jamar Chase versus Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Justin Fields draft stock. We're breaking it all down right here on this episode. This is one y'all are not going to want to miss. We have a full show today, guys, so let's go ahead and kick it off. Starting with the game breakdown, like I said, Alabama wins another national championship, 52-24, and really what was a domination, a dominant performance, I would say, for the Crimson Tide. Mac Jones throws for four over 460 yards, five touchdowns. Devontae Smith does his thing. What was your biggest takeaway last night for from this? I guess it was a decent national championship if you were an Alabama fan, but if you were an Ohio State fan, it was not one that you're ever going to rewatch. I was about to say, and this game was fun for like the first half of the second quarter, and then from then on out, just like you might as well have gone to bed. I mean, I stayed up and watched the whole thing, <laughs> but you know, there were, there were points where I was regretting it. To be completely honest with you, Zach, I watched the whole thing. I watched until they scored 76 points. In the in the living room, as soon as they hit that seventy six, I went back to the bedroom, watched it. Um, that was the magic number for me, and and for a lot of other lucky people out there. But here we are today. We rooted for points. Points won more than anybody else won yesterday. <laughs> I mean, over under seventy five hit. That's a good day. If you took Bama minus nine and a half, it was a spectacular night. It was very clear. <laughs> Early in the game, that 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 Devontae, so you could have taken Devontae Smith by nine and a half, and you would have had that. Brandon, let's start with him, because I know we're going to get to Mac Jones and all these guys. Devontae Smith in one half of football, Brandon, twelve catches, two hundred and fifteen yards, and three touchdowns. Oh my God! I mean, it, this kid is spectacular. I don't really understand how he makes it happen. I, well, yeah, I do actually. He might be the fastest human who's ever put on uh, who's ever put on football pads and a helmet, because I mean he just burns players off the line. And Ohio State for some reason just wouldn't stop covering with like a linebacker like all game. It was like Sean Wade. They started burning Sean Wade. By the way, thank you, Sean Wade. And then it was just like a linebacker suddenly like covering him. I don't get it. Yeah, tough Borland had a long night. I mean, and you know, Brandon, I, I don't want to get too technical here because I mean that's not. I mean, I guess it's kind of what we do, but not we don't break down like coverages and stuff. But I mean, to play four four that formation and then run a lot of press man coverage or cover two, I feel like I feel like there's not a worse 
group of coverages to run against a team that does what Alabama does. I don't, I don't know why that was the choice there. Yeah, I mean, looking back at this game, you have to wonder why Ohio State wasn't targeting Marcus Freeman as well uh, because that was bad. That was just a poor performance defensively by Ohio State. I, I mean, I get it. You know, they might have hung in this game if, if, uh, if Trey Sherman didn't get just demolished in the first quarter if Justin Fields the first did play have 13 yeah <laughs> it was the first if, play of the whole game if Justin Fields didn't get didn't have 13 broken ribs and he was still out there playing yeah they might have hung in there but I, I mean all night long like you know we both said it you know I, I believe that I think you were the one who said uh, Trey Sermon you know he's going to carry this team he's going to carry this offense and I was like you know well if Justin Fields isn't hurt then he will you know that's that's the key to victory for Ohio State. And, well, both of them underperformed, you know, whether it be injury or not. Uh, Trey Sermon obviously was injury. and But, um, you know, he obviously couldn't carry the team. Master Teague did his thing for a little while. Uh, Justin Fields, I mean, he's playing hurt. I don't, I don't really know what else to say. He was missing passes. But I don't know if we can attribute that to the injury or not. Um, but, I mean, he just – he looked bad last night, to be completely honest, to be uh, super transparent. I don't really remember a worse performance from him besides like Northwestern, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad one. Northwestern's up there. The two interceptions against Clemson was pretty bad. Um, you know, he didn't really turn the ball over, but he he had to play better than this. And I get it that he was playing with broken ribs, but I mean, Brandon, we saw Jalen Waddle go out there with a pretty much broken ankle. Okay, I mean, why was he playing, by the way? Because he had pretty much broken ankle. Who was he, LeBron? Um, no, dude. He, I think his ankle was all the way broken. If you watch the way I saw him in pregame warming up, and he was just limping all over the field. I'm like, he's not gonna play, is he? And then he played. And then Landon Dickerson went in with a torn ACL. What's going on? Okay, he was a senior though, and he knew he was leaving, and he wanted to take that last snap. I love that. And I want to call Dude, out some. People. I was just waiting. I was just waiting for Ohio State to blow him up. On in victory formation, I didn't care. I mean, okay, so what is this narrative? Okay, I, I know you. I know you'll know where I got this from. What is this narrative about that Saban doesn't care about his players? Where did that come I, from? I have no idea. That makes I no mean, sense to me. I mean, I mean know, maybe it's you, like <laughs> if I had to guess, it's like oh, he's so focused on winning that it doesn't matter if it's with the players or not. You know. But I don't know. I don't really understand. I guarantee you Nick Saban wasn't forcing Jer- uh, Jalen Waddle to play. No, I don't know. He probably tried to talk him out of it. LSU Dan, I'm talking about you. Nick Saban was not <laughs> trying to hurt Jalen Waddle on purpose. We need, to, we need to stop adding LSU Dan. LSU Dan's a good man. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. But – yeah, I get it. Justin Fields was hurt, but I don't. I, I I'm not going to contribute this. I'm not going to contribute injuries and being beat up to what what happened last night and, or two nights ago. If you're listening to this on Wednesday or whatever, I mean, Brandon, I want to I want to bring this in back back into focus for people. Ohio State played eight games this year and couldn't stay healthy. What would have happened if they had to play the Alabama schedule of 13 games? Dude, I don't know. They, I mean, they probably would have. I, I, I don't want to say they would have lost more games because I really and truly think they were the second best team in the country, and I, that's just a testament to how good this Alabama team is. Um, yeah. But man, they would have. 
they, it would have been rough. I mean, they might have been playing. I mean, obviously, Justin Fields, there's no chance. I guess it might have given him time to recover, but if he played in 13 games, uh, he might not play another down of football ever again. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, it just it. I I really really think Ohio State can't use that argument because you you were you should have been the fresher team, and I think it speaks Brandon to some, something that not a lot of people are going to talk about. When Scott Cochran left Alabama, everybody was saying that was the that was one of the telltale signs the dynasty's over. How are they going to get these players ready? Alabama just played a 13 game schedule and had minimal injuries on that team. I yeah. mean, and you had Jalen. And they stayed remotely healthy too. Yeah, I mean, you had Jalen Waddle, but that I don't. I, I think injuries like that is not really about conditioning. I mean, when you break an ankle, I mean, it's a lot different. I think in terms of oh, like, yeah, if you would have done one more pull up, yep, that would have probably saved your ankles. That's probably not the case. <laughs> but you look at Devonte Smith. I mean, what is I don't know. We're going to get to it in a little bit, but the scouts are saying he's too small to play in the NFL, and I don't think he's ever been hurt. Yeah, no, I get that. And, you know, I want to get to Matt Jones here, Brandon. I mean, this kid, say what you want. Say whatever help he had with Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, whatever. This dude just threw for 464 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, it's pretty good for a backup quarterback. <laughs> I mean, this kid outplayed Justin Fields. He outplayed every single quarterback he faced all year. I mean, what I, I don't understand what people want from him. Like, I don't know what more you could ask for for Mac Jones. I don't know. And I'm look, I, I understand. I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, I know I made the backup quarterback comment, whatever. I mean, that, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> um, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, he's really good. But it's very easy to be really good on this team. I'm not. I'm not caving into that mentality that oh he's being carried because I think he's a good quarterback. But when you have Devontae Smith and and John Mechie and and Najee Harris, I mean they're all going for over 80 yards in this game. Like that's easy to be good. That's easy to pass for over 400 yards when when 400 yards come from two or three and a half guys. But okay, so. I don't. I don't feel like a lot of people had that same narrative with Tua last year, though. But what? Okay, Zach. But okay. Let me let me say this then. <laughs> I feel like you and I could have passed every single pass that he made to Devonte Smith last night. I don't think he just kind of fit one in really tight anywhere. I don't think he made any spectacular passes to Devonte Smith. I mean, yeah, he made great passes, you know, all night. But he didn't have to with Devonte Smith. And so, like, I don't want to give him. I mean, that's. The, I mean, that's 215 yards right there. That's half of his yards to one guy who was just burning everyone on the field. I, I get that. I, I, I a thousand percent get that. But the timing, the accuracy, the decision-making, the he was real good in the pocket escaping pressure last night except on the one blitz, which I feel like was just a good play call by Ohio State. They called which him on a rollout. Also- was his first fumble in his career. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, and we're not talking about that. Has no one said anything about that yet? That's pretty outstanding, right? Yeah, that's really good. Quarterbacks fumble the ball all the time. And I mean, let's, let's credit, you know, the Joe Moore Award offensive line for that as well. I mean, Alex Leatherwood isn't giving up many sacks. I mean, um, 
I think it was Deontay Brown, the left guard. He has not given up a sack in his entire career at Alabama, Brandon. He started since he was a freshman. That's insane. Like, that's disrespectful, right? I mean, come <laughs> yeah, on. Very disrespectful. Like, you're playing full – you're playing SEC teams with that are littered with NFL draft picks, and you're just like, nope, you're not going to touch my quarterback. And, and that is that is elite energy right there. And another thing that I was impressed with, Brandon, was this defense for Alabama. I get it. It doesn't have, you know, high tower, doesn't have Fitzpatrick, all this, all these, you know, future few, I guess NFL stars that we thought at the time on it. I was very impressed with this defense. I thought this was the one of the best games this defense has, has played against an elite team. And I want to talk about one player in particular, Christian Bearmore, the defensive tackle for Alabama, five tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss. This kid reminds me of Quinnen Williams, and I am shocked he is not getting more looks for the NFL. Right. And I think that's just because he plays on a star-studded team where, you know, you know, if you limit yourself to talking about five players from Alabama that are going in the draft this season, we're talking about Najee Harris, Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Alex Leatherwood, and, and, and I mean, the list goes on. So you're not necessarily talking about that sixth guy or that seventh guy. Right. I, I agree. And, I mean, you look at this defense. I mean, Brandon, the, you know, we're probably going to get to it later talking about the LSU versus Alabama breakdown. But I don't feel like this defense got enough star power credit. I mean, Christian Harris, Dylan Moses, Christian Bearmore, Christopher Allen, Josh Job, Patrick Sertan, Jordan Battle, who got ejected for targeting, Will Anderson. I mean, I thought this I think this team has that star power. It's just I don't think they get the same benefit of the doubt that some of these other defenses got. And I don't really understand why. And they held Ohio State to 341 yards. They held them under 50% on third down. 0 for 2 on fourth downs. You know, they didn't force any turnovers, but at, they allowed Alabama to win the time of possession, Brandon, if, if almost 40 minutes to 20 minutes in the favor yeah. of Alabama. That if you can't win the time of possession against Bama, you are going to get blown out, especially with this offense. I mean, Alabama, out, straight out of the second, uh, straight into the second half, they got the they got the kickoff, and then they had the ball until like seven minutes were left in the third quarter. That was the most insane drive I've ever. Seen. It was like an army football drive. It didn't make sense. I mean, the fact that they couldn't. I mean, Brandon, I don't know about you. I think it was the second quarter when Ohio State kicked their field goal. To I think it was at that time seventeen to twenty one. Bama. They kicked it with five minutes left in the second quarter. I don't know about you, Brandon. I would go for it. I feel like a field right. goal is just as bad as a turnover at that point in the game because you knew that Alabama got the ball coming out of halftime and that Bama could go right down the field and score, which they did in two minutes to Devontae Smith. Then you get the ball back, you go a quick three out, and they score a second touchdown before halftime. That field goal, I think, just took all the wind out of the sails for that Ohio State offense. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that, that I, I agree with you that. I mean, so let's move on here to talk more about Ryan Day, Brandon. Um, you know, I know we had a guest on here who was very vocal that no one was uh, giving Urban Meyer too much credit and that Ryan Day was getting enough credit. Well, that means he gets a lot of the blame here, Brandon. 
where does his I know we talked about it a little bit in the preview, but where does his legacy legacy sit in a blowout like this and where they really didn't look prepared for anything Alabama brought to the table? Zach, I mean, honestly, I'm going to stick with what I said pregame here. Um, what I what we said in the preview episode for this for this game, I don't know if his reputation's really tarnished that much. I think there's a lot of excuses built in, especially now that Justin Fields was playing hurt. He didn't have Trey Sermon, and, and I mean he they had a ton of losses due to COVID. So like, what can you really say? I mean, I know that what we've said on this episode to this point, I know what I know what we've been hearing, but I honestly, I mean, in my eyes, I don't think his reputation's been tarnished that much. I mean, I still think he's an incredible coach. I think that Ryan Day is going to be one of the most sought-after coaches by NFL teams for a long time, even. Uh, and and I think that this Ohio State team is in good hands with him. Um, you know, I, I think that this Alabama team is just kind of, like, transcendent. I think they're probably one of the greatest teams, greatest college football teams of all time. I mean, right up there with the 2019 LSU team. Um, so, like, what can you say about them? What can you say negative about them? Other than oh, he got blown out in this in this COVID national championship in 2020. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you had people saying, I mean, I feel like when you rank coaches right now, Dabo and Saban are one and two, which with right. Saban being one now because with seven national championships, man, uh, you you got to give it to him. And but I feel like there was a little bit of a conversation of like who's number three right now. And there's, you know, a list of people you could probably put in terms of who deserves that spot with Ryan Day, Mario Cristobal, um, James Franklin, um, Dan Mullen. I mean, you have a list of people that you could put in there. But – and Lincoln Riley as well. But, I mean, Ohio State – I mean, I, I feel like this goes with Lincoln Riley too. I mean, eventually you're going to have to win, right? Oh, yeah, they absolutely are. And, you know, like I said, he's, he was part of that 2014 team um, for, with Ohio State that did win the national championship. And, yeah, he wasn't the head coach. I think Urban Meyer really deserves almost all of that um, yeah. credit for that victory. But, but, I mean, he was part of that. And since then, it's not like Ohio State's been a scrub. They've, they've, won, their, uh, they've won their conference championship year in and year out since then. So, like – I mean, what, what 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 can you say negative about him besides, like I said, I mean, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself here because I am, but what can you say negative about him other than he lost this one game against probably like one of the greatest teams of all time? That's fair. I mean, that's, that's fair enough. But, um, you know, moving on to another comparison across teams, man, we have Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and I feel like these two guys in terms of mock drafts and NFL scouts are placed – all over the board. I mean, I've heard, I've been listening to some of the, you know, national sportscasters and they have, I've heard all the way from he should be a top 10 pick to he shouldn't be drafted at all because he's a bum. Um, <laughs> you know, and with Justin Fields, you have people saying he should go one. Uh, you have people saying he should go two. others saying he should go later. Where do you, where would you rank right now? Justin Fields and Matt Jones in terms of this draft class and where do you think are good fits and where would you take them if you were a GM? Oh, that's a good question. So Justin Fields, I think obviously, you know, before this game, we both said that, that Ohio state had a better quarterback here. I don't think that changes. Um, I think Justin Fields, especially with the way the NFL is evolving, 
to have more of like, hey, you know, this mobile quarterback is really going to help your team a lot more than this traditional pocket passer. I mean, yeah, we have the Tom Brady's, we have the Drew Breeses, we have we have all these great quarterbacks who are going to be Hall of Famers one day. And then we have the mobile quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson. Uh, Patrick Mahomes can be mobile when he wants to. Aaron Rodgers is is can even be fairly mobile. Daniel, I mean, we, I mean Josh Allen even is mobile. And, you know, what's the clear divide between all of these guys? You know, you have the older set of guys or these traditional pocket passers, and then you have these newer offenses that are incorporating these mobile quarterbacks. And so I think that's right where Justin Fields fits in. I think that's probably where Trevor Lawrence fits in. Uh, he's a whole different conversation, by the way. He is, he is head and shoulders above any quarterback in this draft. Um, but I think, Justin, I think Justin Fields is up there. I mean, when he's healthy, Zach, how scary is Justin Fields? I mean, I think he's okay, relatively. Tell me this. Would, you, would you like to – so imagine there's no talks about Deshaun Watson going to the Dolphins. If the Dolphins ended up getting uh, – if they ended up getting Justin Fields in a trade, like one for one with Tua, would you be happy? Uh, no. Really? That's I, bad I, because I, Tua I, is not a good quarterback in the NFL. No, Tua is not a good quarterback in the NFL, but I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in Fields either. Okay. I view, uh, I mean, I, I view, I, I, view, I view Fields kind of in the same light I do Tua, where like he played on a really, really, really good team, but can he carry it by himself? Right. I mean, granted, I, mean, I, I don't th- I don't think you can say take I, I don't think you can ignore the fact that Kirby Smart watched his kid practice for an entire year and thought Jake Fromm would be the better option for that program. Don't no, don't talk to me about that because Kirby Smart didn't put JT Daniels in until like two games left in the season. <laughs> That's and I guess what he they put went forward of the quarterbacks in. Yeah, it, turns out JT Daniels is a really good quarterback. I uh, see, but JT Daniels was coming off an injury. This kid was not. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, 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 I just, I, I have a lot of questions about Fields. I put him in like the same boat with Tua. I'd rather give Tua another year than take a chance on Fields. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Fields is going to end up being a decent NFL quarterback at some point. You know, I don't think, I think maybe it's in his best interest. Like I said for Tua, by the way, I think it's in his best interest to be on a team to sit behind a quarterback to have, have this kind of experience before he jumps head in and is, is the starter of an NFL team. You know, I mean, can you argue with me and say that Tua wouldn't have been probably a better quarterback had he sat behind a veteran quarterback for a season or two? And yeah. Like he let probably him, let his injury heal up. Do you think that he, so I'm saying, but they, that's not what the Dolphins wanted to do. The Dolphins didn't want to start him for the first few games. And then at some point, Brian Flores was like, you know what? Let's throw two into the fire, and he played kind of how you you how you would expect a rookie to play in 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 this Dolphins organization. Where I mean, who are his targets? Where who? What does he have to work with there? I mean, I get it. My <laughs> the Dolphins are they're getting better, and I think they had a good season this year, a decent season. But dude, come on! Like you gotta even I mean even put him behind Ryan Fitzpatrick for a little while. Honestly, like like let that happen for like a, like a, like a year maybe. Or, or get a quarterback, maybe maybe trade for somebody who's a little bit older, who his team's like, okay, well, he's going to be a hit to the salary cap. Take that guy and let, let Tua sit behind him for a season or two. Let his injury heal up and let him get some experience. I mean, 
That guy might not be the greatest quarterback in the world anymore, but he's probably pretty smart. He probably knows what he's doing in the, in, in the pocket. Yeah, I, I get what you I get what you mean. I mean, so what uh, I think like in terms of just like pure NFL talent, I would have them middle of the pack in terms of this class. I don't think I would have them top three no. right now. Maybe four I would put them, which sounds crazy, but – I have a little bit more faith. I, I I think Trevor Lawrence is sealed up the number one spot. Regard, like, I think this game should have shown everybody that you overreacted for the playoff games. Yeah. I mean, Justin Fields is not Trevor Lawrence, so let's just nip that immediately. But I, I still think that I, – I know this is going to sound crazy. I would put Zach Wilson above Justin Fields. That, yeah, that is crazy. You're not wrong. It, in in terms of quarterbacks for the NFL, I think I think um, Wilson has the size. I think Wilson has a better arm. He's more accurate. He's just as mobile, and I think you got to put him above it. Uh, Trey Lance is an interesting option. I did get to see him play, so he's a big, big. He's kind of in that Jordan Love boat where like you don't really know. He could either be the best quarterback in the class, or he is going to be a complete bust yeah. in terms of quarterbacks and. I think, you know, I know this might sound crazy, but I think Kyle Trask has to get some consideration too for out there. I mean, oh, I, mean I, I think you're right. Kyle Trask definitely has the potential to be a good NFL quarterback. I mean, I don't think that's crazy at all. Um, I, I put him right up there with, with Justin Fields, right around that same area. I, I don't know. I, but, but my main thing, though, is that I still, and I, I don't know if you're going to agree with me here, I still have Justin Fields like way above Mac Jones. Yeah, I do too. I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think Mac Jones. It, so I'll give you this, Brandon. I think he'll go first round because teams are always going to reach for quarterbacks. Okay. But I would rank him like a second, third round talent at best. At best, yeah. So what's going to end up happening, guys, is is Mac Jones is going to somehow get drafted by the Texans. They're going to trade away Deshaun Watson. And then he's going to struggle there. And people are like, oh, I told you he's an awful quarterback. He's a good quarterback, but you're not going to be good with the Texans. And then he's going to be a lifetime backup. That's, what's, that's just what's going to happen. I hate to break it to everybody listening. I mean, he's he's going to be just like A.J. McCarron or a, any other Alabama quarterback you want <laughs> to put up there. And I know that sounds so stereotypical, and that sounds like, oh, well, they just didn't – they're just saying what happens to Alabama quarterbacks. No. I mean, it's I'm not trying to be any kind of way. I'm not trying to – I'm not mad, you know, I don't care. I, I think he's a good quarterback, and I think he – I don't know how he's going to do in the NFL. I think he was an outstanding quarterback this season in college, though. I just don't okay. – I don't think I have he's... the perfect pro comparison. Perfect. Okay. And it's not stereotypical. He's the next Matt, Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley, okay. I, I can see that. He put up – Matt Barkley put up ridiculous numbers in college. He was leaders of one of the most. He was the the leader of one of the most explosive offenses in USC history. He got to the NFL surrounded by lesser talent and nothing. Yeah, he's, he is Josh. He's uh, Josh Allen's quote unquote mentor right now. I don't love that. Josh Allen might be better than him. <laughs> well, no, he Josh Allen's the starter. Matt Barkley's the backup for the Bills right now. Oh, I didn't know Matt Barkley was still playing. Yes. Wow, I don't love that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> and, you know, for Kyle Trask, I think he reminds me of Phillip Rivers. Yeah, okay, I see that. I, 
I like that pro comparison for him and Trevor Lawrence. Um, he he's he's the goat, and he just put a goat out there, and that's what he is. But <laughs> now he he's, he's like Manning. Tom Brady. He's like Tom Brady in the pocket, and then like Michael Vick on his feet. Apparently, the dude can <laughs> run. But, it's nuts. But yeah, so that that's our breakdown of Matt Jones, Justin Fields. But let's get to the real debate here. This is where me and Brandon are going to differ a lot. Brandon, who is the number one wide receiver in the draft? Everyone's been everyone. You knew this question was coming. Jamar Chase from LSU, who set out this year, who is the odds-on wide receiver to be the top wide receiver in this draft class, or the 2020 Heisman winner Devontae Smith from Alabama? Uh, that. That's that is a difficult question, sir. Um, and I know I know who I want to say, and I know actually, you know what? I know who I'm going to say. I'm still I'm, I still have to stick with Jamar Chase. I, I I don't I don't really know why. I know both of these these uh, wide receivers are really great talents. I know that Devontae Smith won the Heisman. He has just been the most dominant player. He might be the most – he's one of the most dominant Heisman uh, winners that I can remember. But the main thing for me, Zach, is size. And, and yeah, he's 6'1", 174, I think, Devontae Smith mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Jamar Chase is 6 feet, 205 pounds. And that 30 pounds makes a huge difference once you get in the NFL. It really, really does. I mean – I get that. 170 pounds playing in the NFL, Zach. And yeah, once he gets to an NFL team, once he gets to that to that facility, they are going to put some weight on him. But you don't think they're going to put more weight on Jamar Chase? I, I mean, both of these guys are incredible. They're definitely number one and two choices for wide receiver in this draft. I don't think there's a question about it. Um, honestly, to me, I if I were predicting who was going to get drafted first, it would just depend on which teams landed where. And I'm not sure exactly who's drafting where in this draft, to be completely honest. Uh, I haven't taken a lot of looks at it. I'm sure I will once I, you know, once we cover the Senior Bowl, once we cover uh, draft. But for this moment, I don't know. Um, uh, it's it's really going to be about draft placement and and which teams draft at what time. Okay, so who's your pro comparison for Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith? That's tough. I'm, I'm waiting for you to do that. I'll go second. I got to do some research. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I like to see where you are first. <laughs> um, listen, if it's all about size, then guess what? The biggest wide receiver would be drafted would drafted first every single year. I get it. Jamar Chase is bigger, and but I think Devontae Smith's the better athlete. I think Devontae Smith's the better route runner. I think Devontae Smith's just a better overall wide receiver. I mean, Brandy, I mean, you looked last night. The dude made uh, the dude made put a potential first round pick look like he looked like he was a true freshman out there. And I get it. I know last night, in case you guys didn't see, go check out the worst tape network on Twitter. I was on there last night giving a breakdown of the game. You know, I was told that the reason Jamar Chase was better is because he was gonna run a better 40 at the combine. Really? Yes. That is a bad thing. Wait, who told you that? I didn't hear that. Um, uh, was it Matt? It was Matt. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt, we, we like you, man, but there were some takes last night. There were some <laughs> takes last night. Listen, and I'm not sure if Jamar Chase is going to run a faster 40 than Devontae Smith. I, I honestly don't think he will. 
that wasn't what that wasn't what I was going to get from the edge on. You know, I I, I don't love. Um, I, I, listen, I, I don't think Jamar Chase is an elite athlete, Brandon. I think he has good ball skills in terms of jump balls and stuff like that. But I don't think – I mean, being only six foot, I don't think he's the type of athlete Devontae Smith is. I think Devontae – I mean – Devontae Smith is six one. He's, an, in, he's got an inch on him. Okay, okay, I'm talking about just the athlete and the athlete to him. I mean, I was about to say, out of the Bama wide receivers, Brandon – Name a Bama wide receiver that has come out since Nick Sam has been there that is not an elite route runner. Yeah, that's a good point. Jerry Judy, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, um, Henry Ruggs has shown out. I think, and this is going to sound crazy, I think Devontae Smith might be better than all of them right now. Yeah. he The Slim Reaper is going to come reap in the NFL next year. Listen, I've heard all the comparisons of Marvin Harrison, Isaac Bruce, and I like those. I like him. Okay, this I know this. This is going to sound just like my pro comparison for Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow and all this stuff that just sounds outrageous. And I'm not saying he's going to be this level of player right now. I'm talking about he plays like this guy, and I like him to Jerry Rice. Oh my God! <laughs> because what a listen, comparison. T- time out. Let me, I'll, I'll I'll break it down for you. Jerry Rice was not the fastest. Devontae Smith isn't even the fastest wide receiver on his team. He wasn't the biggest. He he wasn't the, you know, the he wasn't he wasn't the best at anything, but he was the other than maybe route running, decision making, and making sure he caught the ball, being a quiet leader on the field. And Devontae Smith has that Jerry Rice quiet demeanor personality. He has to route running. And Brandon, I don't know about you. He just looks so smooth on the football field. And yes, in the 40, he might run a 4-6 like Jerry did. But on the football field, he's better than you. And he will make the plays that are needed to win the game. And in terms of Jamar Chase, I did a, like I did some research before this episode. And I found multiple co- pro comparisons. I, f- I saw Kenny uh, Galladay from the Lions. Um, I, that was a big one, but I found one that I really do like, and it was Victor Cruz okay. from the Giants a while back. And, you know, I got to credit um, Nick uh, Fairball for this one. Um, you know, it was just Cruz was almost the exact same size as Jamar Chase. He, you know, he was, he was undrafted, but their size and play styles are very, very similar when you go and watch the film. So I like Victor Cruz there. And Brandon, this is just going to be an easy comparison. Would you rather have Jerry Rice or Victor Cruz? Well, if it's a dance competition, Victor Cruz. That's a fact. That's a fact. I just think, I just think Devontae Smith, you know, and the the thing about his size, I get it, his weight. Brandon, have you ever seen him be manhandled at the line of scrimmage? Well, not this year. He was not manhandled at the line of scrimmage by Derek Singley. Just stop it. Not even last year. I didn't say he was last year. He played a freshman season, dude. I know, I know. Okay, but that he he came in at like 160, I believe. Like <laughs> he somehow dude, he's dude was small. 170. So I say 170 was somehow not the floor for him. <laughs> so I think Devontae Smith by slight edge. I and Brandon, the reason this is so hard to project. And, you know, I know we had someone in our network say that this dude was going to go second round. If that happens and you can get this dude in the second round, I would trade my entire future to trade up and get him in the second round. 
Right. That is mind-blowing. And I think it's Devontae Smith by a hair. And listen, this is probably – Brandon, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to our draft covers, but this might be the deepest wide – This we said last year was the deep wide receiver class. This year might have it beat with Rondell Moore, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. I mean, this class is something serious. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, it it's insane. Um, I mean, we've just got a ton of wide receivers to come out. Last year, I think the thing was that we were just getting wide receivers. We were getting two Alabama wide receivers in the draft, and then we were getting uh, we were getting T. Higgins. We were getting um, C. D. Lamb, and we were getting a ton. But this year, it, it's from all over the place. It's it's it is outrageous. And now, you know, to build off of this, Brandon, we have the conversation that was bound to happen. 2019 LSU versus 2020 Alabama. It's it's going to be a debate till the end of time, but we had to get our your take on it, my take on it. Who are you taking as the best team between these two? 2019 LSU or 2020 Alabama? Yeah, you're right. It is going to be a debate till the end of time because this is just not a winnable debate. You know, these two teams could <laughs> never play each other realistically. I've I've heard the LSU argument. You know, they played Alabama last season, but they had Tua. They had two better receivers. Don't don't give me that. That's not the same. Tua was hurt last season. Um, I, I believe they had a couple other players out, too. Yeah. I think Devontae Smith was even hurt during that game. Um, so, I mean, don't give me that. That's not the same thing. Uh, Alabama this season has been super, super impressive. Um, but, I mean – like I said, it's not a winnable debate. It's nothing that you can like put on paper and say, okay, well, these two teams, this team is definitively better because that's just not going to happen. I'll give you my opinion. I think that 2019 LSU team is a lot better. Uh, not a lot better. I, I certainly do not think they're a lot better. I think they are a little bit better. Um, they edge out this 2020 Alabama team out to me just from what I'm looking at. I, I mean, and we can't really compare it because this season Alabama played, you know, all these games that played an all SEC schedule. Did they benefit from? Did they benefit from that? Probably not, because Alabama schedules like Chattanooga every year. So, like instead of playing <laughs> Chattanooga, they had to play. They had to play Vanderbilt. So, you know, put do take that as you will. Just maybe, maybe a worse Tennessee team, really, in Vanderbilt. Um, I don't. I. I, I mean, it's it's so uh, incomparable <laughs> that I don't really have an argument for this LSU team. I mean, they they beat what seven. Uh, final top 25 teams. They beat the top four teams in the preseason poll. This Alabama team's beaten, I want to say, like, I think it was six top 25 teams. I could be wrong there. Um, but but LSU fair, also played 15 games. Yeah, LSU played 15 games, went undefeated, and never trailed in the fourth quarter. I've got, I've got stats all day on this LSU team, Zach, but everyone's heard it already. That's not what we're here for. Zach, let's hear your take Bam, on it. Because Bam, Did Bama ever trail in the fourth quarter? I don't think they did because they never even had a game within 10 points except for Florida. Yeah, LSU's only game within 10 points. Uh, that was a double-digit point lead. No, no. I, I'm sorry. Within 10, I'm not, I don't mean that. I mean, the only the only team that ever was beating LSU by more than – by 10 or more at any point this in, this past season was, uh, was Clemson. It, they were beating them in the first half. But it was like – was it was like 20 or it was no I can't remember what it was it was the 21 10 I think it was 17 7 so the score I was looking at Mm. um but yeah that's the biggest lead any team had on LSU last season Uh, I mean 
but you say all the same things for Alabama. You know, they, yeah. they never trailed in the second half or whatever, what, what have you. Uh, the Florida game was obviously the closest one all season, but that Florida team also got beaten by LSU in, in the swamp. But that's beside the point. Zach, let's hear your take <laughs> because this, uh, like I said, this isn't a winnable debate. People don't want to hear me talk about this LSU team I've been talking about for a year and a half now. I mean, dude, listen, but it, it gets even more convoluted because Bama averaged more points per game. But LSU averaged more yards and yards per play, but the margin of victory for Bama was much more than LSU. Yeah. So it just it, it's hard to say, but Brandon, you know what I like to do here. You're gonna come along on the ride with me. Let's let's position by position. Who had the better quarterback? Uh LSU. Okay. I agree there. That is an easy argument. Joe Burrow is the better quarterback, so that's one oh LSU. Running back, I'm giving it to Najee Harris. I know you might hate that because Clyde Edwards Hilaire was a first round pick and he was he, he I'm not saying he's a bad running back, but I think Najee Harris wins that one by a hair. Yeah, by a hair. I I I would have to agree with you, I think. All right. So that's even worse, convoluted. This is gonna be a hard one. Wide receivers, Brandon. I'm I'm gonna have to give that one to LSU. I'm sorry, I do. They had Jamar Chase. They had Justin Jefferson and that duo. I mean, we don't even need to go any further than that. That duo alone is better than any two wide receivers that played for Alabama this season. Stop uh, it. I'm sorry. Stop I'm sorry. it. They are. A healthy yeah. Jalen Waddle and a healthy Javon. But there wasn't, Smith. A healthy, there wasn't a healthy Jalen Waddle. There was for four games. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I can't give it to Alabama. You're, gonna, you're, you're not going to give it to the Heisman winner. Jamar Chase didn't win the Heisman. Yeah, but Joe Burrow didn't play this year. I, I don't want to hear it. You want to know why Jamar Chase opted out? Because he knew what was going to happen. Oh, that, that is ridiculous. He didn't want to hurt his draft stock at all. We all know what happened, Zach. That's not, not why he opted I, out. I'm giving it to Bama. Um, I know. This is going to be another hard one. We have the Joe Moore Award winners for both years, Brandon, in terms of offensive line. I'm giving it to Bama because I think they had the two best O-linemen of the group. I think Deontay Brown and Alex Leatherwood are better than any O-linemen that LSU had. And I think that goes to show that Leatherwood's going to be a top 10 pick. And Deontay Brown never allowed a sack in three years of college football. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not – I am I hate this. Because I've been, I've been kind. Of, I, I I know even last season I mentioned like, oh, this LSU team when they won the Joe Moore Award, um, I think I was like, like they were that was circumstance that just they so happened to win that. I'm still gonna give it to LSU. I think just because. Stop it! Austin, You're ruining our stop. credibility. No, I'm not. I'm simply not. Austin Deculus, Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, Damian Lewis. Uh, I mean, those three were any of them probably. drafted in the first three rounds. I don't think so. I think Damian Lewis was by the, by the Seahawks. Oh, my God. Austin Deculus is still playing for LSU, so he wasn't drafted in the first three rounds. I am <laughs> mind-blown. Okay, be mind-blown then. Uh, so Tory Carter, when you line yeah. up a tight end? I, no, stop it. I mean, what do you want me to say? I, get, I will say Alex Leather, Leatherwood is the best – by far the best lineman out of the group. Um, I think it's close, but I, I'm I'm sorry. What do you want me to say? I'm giving it to LSU. Wow. Uh, um, okay. Defensive line, Brandon. Uh, Alabama. 
Okay. I, I, I'm glad we agreed there. I was waiting. <laughs> I, I was a little nervous. Yeah. Uh, I was a little I mean, nervous I there. That's understandable. Um, linebacker. Ooh. That's hard because Dylan Ooh. Moses is really good. Patrick Queen's really good. Um, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, you got Patrick <laughs> Queen versus Dylan Moses, and then all the backups on both those teams are uh, – I don't know. I mean, Patrick Queen, and I mean, if you want to give, if you want to have the argument that that Jacoby Stevens was even playing linebacker last season, um, and I understand Dylan Moses might, and we talked about him. We were, he didn't play last season, and we talked about him almost nonstop. Um, <laughs> I'm st- man, Patrick Queen was so good last year, though. Like he was incredible. I'm giving it to LSU. Oh, man. I I think – okay, so hear me out, Brandon. This is going to sound crazy. I'm giving it to LSU, too, because I think a Patrick – I think Patrick Queen had a better season last year than Dylan Moses had this year. I agree. Secondary, I know this is going to sound crazy, Brandon. I know Derek Singh was a monster last year, everything. But I think Patrick Sertan overall is the best player uh, between those two teams. Grant Delplit had a horrible year. Malachi yeah. Moore was – outrageous um i i think i'm giving it to bama by a slight edge just because you know outside of Derek stingley i i think bama has the better talent in that area i don't know because lsu while uh, i mean i get it and and i i understand what you're saying here because alabama's secondary is incredible but last season when we look at lsu's secondary it wasn't just Derek stingley and then um, uh, it wasn't just Derek Stingley and then Grant Delpit being not great last season. It was Derek Stingley. It was Cordell Flott. I mean, it was, I mean, the list goes on and on for LSU secondary last season. Um, and the way they shut down the pass every single game, except for the Alabama game. <laughs> I mean, that, it, they, they did some serious things. I think it's super, super close. And I'm gonna have to give the edge to LSU here too. <laughs> Good lord! And you know what? I think kicker's a push because neither kicker missed a field goal <laughs> for either team. So it's like, how do you determine who's the? But LSU is a, a true beast. freshman. Cade York's a beast. This dude's a beast. I, I mean, I'm not gonna put up kicker. So I mean, this debate's so hard. And Brandon, I don't know about you. That is one game. Uh, that is one game that I wish I could see is a healthy Alabama team this year versus a healthy LSU team last year. That would be a, that, that would be like USC Texas all over again. Zach, when we, t- when we spoke to Chris Blair last year, when we were talking about, we were trying to hype LSU up so much because he's the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair. You know, we were, we were talking about how good LSU was. He's like, well, don't let the recency bias get to you. I don't, think this is going to be recency bias for either one of these teams these two teams might be the best two college football teams we i've ever seen yeah i agree i i think they're the best two two of the best teams we've ever seen i mean and brandon let's just look at alabama is this team going to go down because i mean you heard mac jones and them last night saying they were the best team ever is this a team that is going to go down in bama history as the best alabama team ever they, they might, but what hurts them and what hurts this Alabama team in general is how dominant they are every other year or every three years. I mean, there's the stat that Nick Saban, is, since he's been at Alabama, has won at least every three years. 
So every three and out player who's played for him is, has a national championship ring. That's an insane stat. And that just shows how good these Alabama teams are year in and year out. But I think that hurts them, honestly. I mean, yeah, they were really good. But then you've got other people arguing that, oh, well, the 2016 team was better. or Oh, the, uh, the 2009 team was better. 2012 was better. Because there's been so many great Alabama teams in the history of, of this program. I mean, it, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like if you have two candidates running in the same party. Well, one of those candidates is going to take votes away from the other candidate, and then candidate C is going to win the race because you've got these two guys that are splitting votes. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I, I agree, and it's just man. When yeah, I think you see, I think the thing that holds this team back is the defense, man, star power, because. I mean, you look at uh, what well, I'm trying to think. I can't remember which Bama team people were saying was the best. I think it was 2012, if I'm not, yeah. if I'm remembering right. Brandon, do you, that the star power on that team was, I mean, I, I don't, I can't even put it into words. I mean, you look at all, I mean, you look at the coaching staff too. I mean, you had Nick Saban, Jeremy Pruitt, Kirby Smart. Uh, uh, Scott Cochran was still there. I mean, you had AJ McCarron, Chance Warmack, who made our all decade team, Barrett Jones, DJ Fluger, CJ Mosley, D Milner, Robert Lester, Cade Foster was the place kicker. I mean, dude, are you serious? Right. Like, look at that offensive line. I mean, Barrett Jones made our all decade team. Two, two players on that all decade team were on this offense. You had Amari Cooper on that thing, Eddie Lacy, TJ Yeldon, and Kenyon Drake all back there. I mean, I, I really, really think that it's tough, but it's also tough to argue that, man, how many what would people what would people say if that 2012 team had to play an all SEC schedule? Would they have still went undefeated? Yeah. I mean that's that's a really good point. And that was back when the SEC was just you know, undisputedly the best conference in, in college football. You know, now other there's other conferences that have claims to that. You know, the SEC isn't winning every single title every year, except for they've won the past, in what, three years now? That's pretty sick. But um, but that, I mean, that was back during, like, the – what was it? It was, it was the seven or eight years where the SEC just won every single year. Yeah. Uh, it, like, was it's like, not it – it was like you could have one loss in the SEC and you wouldn't make the championship game, like stuff like that, like crazy stuff. Like more than one team would do that. Like that's yeah. nuts. I mean, at that time, I mean, you look from 09, well, really not even 09. I mean, even before that, you had Florida winning two, LSU winning two, Auburn winning one, uh, Bama getting on their roll. I mean, and then you, I mean, even back in like the mid 2000s, man, Vandy was beating teams. Yeah. And then you have Kentucky recently coming on. I mean, the SEC has went through a power. Uh, I guess at that point, they were really dominating college football. But, you know, building off of that, I mean, I don't know if you've heard the narrative today. There are multiple high, I guess, high profile sports reporters, <laughs> Colin Cowherd, <laughs> Joel Klatt, saying that college football needs to um, do like the U.S. government and tax Alabama. So what, what he means by it, let me explain his argument. Hang on. He's saying that there's no parity in college football and they, they need to make it harder for Alabama to win. You know what? I almost tweeted that last night as like a joke. That was like a joke in my mind because I, I, that's what I do on Twitter. Um, I, that's a real life thing they think. 
That's bananas. Yeah. Um, it was, it was really bad. I mean, so he said that the, it should be like, okay. So he said, look at a team. I forgot who said like Northwestern as like the state of Kentucky that gets, um, a bunch of, um, tax money from the government. Right. And he said that Alabama is like New York, which has a surplus. So they have to pay the government. Okay. And so that he said, we should like limit scholarships. We should do anything we can to make it harder for Alabama to win and make it harder for them to recruit and all this stuff. And it was like, man, like you can't do that. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a reason that every time that, that we bring up Cowherd or, Joe Clad on this podcast, I kind of scoff and I get disgusted. I, I mean, their takes are outlandish and they're just like outwardly outlandish. It's not, it's not like hey, they're kind of hiding it. Sometimes they have good takes. They don't. They never like I've, I, I don't know that I've ever agreed with Colin Howard, Cowherd once. <laughs> I mean, so is is there something you would do to make it more competitive, or do you think they should just let it be and that the college football like waves will like eventually Nick Saban will retire and then someone else will take over? Let it be, dude, because guess what? There's already that 25 scholarship limit. I mean, that's already something that they had to invoke because teams were getting more than that and teams were taking all the talent. They put that into place. If your team, if if players want to come play with your team because you win a national championship every three years, like if they are guaranteed to have a national championship ring when they leave, why i mean that's that's insane to me like, that's nuts why wouldn't you want to go play for that team like that that just seems like that seems like the deal of a century like i, and, I don't know so, like the thing that gets me is he's saying that there's no parity and there's no way to overturn it didn't clemson hire a wide receiver coach with no head coaching experience that turned a team that has never won in the history of their program into one of the most dominant programs in college football yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, there is, and it's not, it's not like a one-off thing either. Like uh, this, this LSU team last year, for instance. Like, who expected that? Who expected LSU? Because yes, LSU Me. does have four national championships in their. Shut up. They have four national championships in the pro, in their program history. That was their fourth. And like, it's not like they're dominant year in and year out. Like, if you if you would have gone into that season and you would have had to predict LSU versus Alabama. I took Alabama in that me, the LSU fan. And so I don't know. I, there, there's certain things that you can't predict. I'll, there's a reason Alabama isn't winning every single year, because if the system were broken, they would be winning every single year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you look at, so, uh, so the thing that gets me about these national things is that, um, you know, uh, so, they say there's no parity, right, Brandon? But they don't do the research. Liberty, Brandon, Liberty and Coastal Carolina were top ten teams this year. Yeah. If there was no parity, there'd be no way that would happen. There'd be no way they'd be beating NC State. There'd be no way that they'd be competing with Virginia Tech. Yeah. I mean, and you look every year, there's the thing that makes up for me college football better than NFL is you get so many upsets. And so I think there's more parity than these national people are giving it credit for because they don't know the ins and outs. If you ask some of these national figureheads, name five players off of Memphis, they won't be able to give it to you. Right. 
or even Cincinnati. Cincinnati was a top, a potential top five team this year. And you're telling me that there's no, that there's no parity. I think Cincinnati almost just beat Georgia. If there was no pair, if it was just off recruiting rankings, Georgia should have won that game a hundred to nothing. Right. So I just, I hate that. I really, really, it bothers me when I hear people say that there's no parity in college football because yes, Alabama wins the national title, but what about the whole season where we saw upset after upset after upset on some of the biggest stages? I mean, Auburn got beat by double digits by Northwestern, Brandon. If it was by recruiting rankings, Auburn should not even have let them be in the game. Right. Same with LSU and Mississippi State. LSU is a superior program to Mississippi State. There is no reason Mississippi State should have done that. Yeah. And it just it bothers me. But, you know, to build off of this to our last segment, Nick Saban and recruiting, man. Now every single player – Nick Saban has recruited Alabama. Brandon has played for a national title. And this 2017 class might be his best one with just loads and loads of talent. How does he keep doing this? And is this, is this recruiting class for Bama arguably one of the best of all time? Oh, it has to be one of the best of all time. I mean, they, they dude, they, they have produced such insane talent. How does he keep doing it year in and year out? Well, he's the greatest of all time. That's what the greatest of all time do. I mean, I don't, I don't have a rock solid explanation for it because I don't think there is one, you know, like, like how does Bill Belichick keep doing what he does? I mean, besides this season, how does Tom Brady keep doing what he does? How did he take, how did he turn the Buccaneers into a, into a, um, a playoff team? There's not really an explanation for it. He's just that good. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. And in case um, you guys are wondering, I mean, just this class was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, some of the 2017 recruits guys that we're talking about are Najee Harris, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Tua, Alex Leatherwood, Dylan Moses, Xavier McKinney, Mac Jones, and Jedrick Wiltless. Right. All of these guys are That's potential nuts. first round picks. That's insane. I think Xavier McKinney went in the second, but. Jerry Judy, first-round pick. Henry Ruggs, first-round pick. Two, a top-five pick. Jedrick Willis, top-ten pick. Xavier McKinney, early second-round pick. And I think all the rest are are actually um, going to be first-round picks. I mean, you look at Nick Saban, man. I mean, and Brandon, next year, I think he has three of the top-five wide receivers in the country already committed to Alabama. That's so scary. I mean, this dude <sighs> – uh, I I really don't even know what's happening. They're ranked number one in the country right now, man. They have the number one offensive tackle in the country, the number two offensive tackle in the country, both top five prospects. They have the number one uh, cornerback, the number two wide receiver, the two offensive guard, three inside linebacker, ninth wide receiver, fourth quarterback. I mean, dude, the first ranked center. I mean, it, it is just mind-blowing to me that this is what it's come to for Nick Saban at Alabama and the stockpile of talent is just uh, unbelievable and you know Brandon that's where I get confused about this narrative of Nick Saban is not a player's coach if he's not a player's coach and how is he recruiting like this I mean it doesn't make sense to me I've never once looked at Nick Saban and said oh I bet he doesn't care about his players 
what are we talking about? I mean, he, he, do you think that it was, uh, do you think it was his idea to let Landon Dickerson run out of the field last night? Probably not, but he got talked into it and he let him do it because he wanted him to play. Or do you think that it was his idea for Jalen Waddle to go out and play last night? Probably not. I mean, we all saw the limp. He probably shouldn't have been out there. Nick Saban probably talk, tried to talk him out of it because he's looking for his future. Uh, I mean, I can't, he's not coming back. <laughs> like, like, he's gone. And, and he was trying to talk him out of that. Or he was probably trying to talk him out of that. He's a player's coach, and if you have any argument against that, then you're not paying attention. Exactly. I completely, completely agree. But, guys, that is a wrap-up on our all – Like I, I guess we went way in-depth with all the storylines and game breakdown. We always want to do a big for the natty. Uh, Alabama, your 2020, 2020, 2020 and 2021 national champions um, that just add on Nick Saban's seven 90s now, which is just outrageous. Put them up over the Bear, Brandon, officially. And if I hear another Bama fan say that Bear Bryant's the best coach in college football or Alabama history, we can go ahead and fight it out on the street, wherever you <laughs> want to do it. But, guys – it's a wrap. We will be back this week with more off-season content. We have a lot of stuff planned, so stay tuned for that. Some draft stuff, senior bowls coming up. We got some special stuff planned for that, so stay tuned. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pod- Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. YouTube, the Blue Bless CFB Podcast. You can also find us on the Worst Take Network. Check them out Check them out on Twitter and the website, theworsttake.com. Um, guys, Instagram at the uh, at the underscore blue bloods, Twitter at the underscore underscore blue bloods, Facebook at the blue bloods pod. Go follow us on there. Like, rate, subscribe the podcast. You guys are the best listeners out there. Wrapping up our second football season here on the blue bloods. You guys make it possible. So shout out to y'all. But for right now, guys, we're out. <laughs>